today's guest initially reached out to me about potentially coming onto this show, I have to admit I didn't have particularly high expectations. I knew he was a dog lover. Side note, that makes him a great guy in my book right there. And I knew that he had had an amazing health transformation and he'd written this book about it. But as you're about to hear, today's guest completely exceeded my expectations. When this guy says his dog saved his life and taught him transformational life lessons, he's not kidding. If you're someone who feels stuck, who suspects they may not be living up to their full potential, or if you're just a sucker for a great transformation story, stick around. Today's episode is going to inspire you to think differently and to step into the healthiest version of yourself, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body that you love for the rest of your life, so you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. We have a great show for you today. Jeff Goodrich is here, and he's going to help us step into the best version of ourselves. But before I get to that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Silver Edge. The Silver Edge is my online nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle coaching business catering to those of you over 50 who aren't ready to give up and buy into the common narrative of it's all downhill from here. At The Silver Edge, we take a health-first approach to working with our clients to help them build lean, strong, vital bodies that last. Look, there's no shortage of lose weight, quick coaches, programs, and products in the world, but here's the deal. You can either lose weight quickly or permanently. So if you're tired of losing and gaining the same weight over and over again, if you're tired of constantly dieting, if you have a poor relationship with food, exercise, and your body, then I invite you to book a call and see if our services are a perfect fit for you and your goals. The easiest way to do this is head over to silveredgefitness.com and click on the coaching tab, or just shoot me an email at coach at silveredgefitness.com. Okay. Enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. My guest today is Jeff Goodrich. Jeff is the author of the new book, Dude and Duder, How My Dog Saved My Life. Jeff has captivated his readers with his unique insights and strategies for personal growth and empowerment. His journey started in midlife and includes remarkable milestones, including losing 70 pounds, completing several marathons and even ultramarathons, and repairing his marriage of 30-plus years. These experiences have shaped his understanding of resilience, determination, and the power of personal transformation. Join us today as Jeff shares not only his personal journey, but actionable tips we can all apply to help us step into the healthiest and best versions of ourselves as we age. Without further ado, let's meet Jeff. I grew up living the standard American lifestyle, played a little baseball, t-ball, and all those kinds of things. I remember running track when I was in eighth grade, played on the golf team when I was in high school. And then my senior year in high school, I got my girlfriend pregnant. So my wife and I were married at 18 with a kid on the way. So I was thrown into the world very, very early on, right? So here's my wife and I, 18, thrown into the world, got a kid on the way. How in the heck do we find our way in, in this world? So 
at some point along the way, we had lots of things happen. You know, we've been married 37 years now. So there's a lot of events that happen in that time frame. Problems with jobs, getting laid off, lots of things, moving from here to here, two other kids on the way. So we've had the three daughters. So a lot of things that happen in that time frame. And at, at some point along the way, things in my life just started to uh, fall apart a little bit. When I was probably th in my 30s, 35 is where things kind of started to fall apart. I started to gain weight. I started to lose my perspective of what was important in the life and trauma. Some things happened, struggles with this, struggles with that. And so it just started to find myself in this place where I felt stuck. My life just stunk. I woke up every morning, looked in the mirror and like, what the heck is wrong with you? What the heck is wrong with this? My wife was getting very close to divorcing me. She was actually putting some plans in place. So things were not good all the way around, right? And so it kind of came to a head here when I was 49 years old and then hit 50. 50 is a trigger that can trigger a lot of things. So here's what happened is I did transform my life, Kevin. I Total transformation. But here's how it started. Right? I'm 49 years old. I'm overweight. Life sucked. And I talk my wife into, for whatever reason, hey, let's, let's get a dog. I need something new in my life. Let's get this dog. So we find these, this Vishla puppy. And Vishlas are very, very active dogs. And we bring him into our house. And I'm 49 years old, overweight. And here's how I like to tell the story is I bring Duder in and I decide, okay, I got this dog. He's running around. He's active. He's a puppy. I probably should take him for a walk. I put a leash on Duder and we go out the front door and start walking down the street. And things started opening up for me. You know, this beam of light comes down from the sky in front of me and I could see and I looked around me and everything looked beautiful and I had this vision of hey I need to transform my life you know I had this plan oh I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and and everything was beautiful and I had this grand vision but that's not what happened and I hope no one believes that because that's not <laughs> the way things work right what happened is Duder and I went out for a walk and he proceeded to take a crap in the neighbor's yard and I had yeah. to go clean up his crap but one thing did happen after that is that the next day we did it again. And then the next day we went for another walk. And so just that simple new pattern in my life started a change of habits. And so that's how it all started is just going for a walk with my dog, which then progressed into multiple, multiple other things. All right, let's pause on the multiple, multiple other things. We're certainly going to dig into that, but I want to back up a little bit because that's a pretty compelling story that you've told up to age 49. And I'm guessing a lot of us can relate to that, this part of our life, this midlife where we feel stuck, we're in a rut, things aren't going great. We have families, we have careers, we're probably focused on career, we're probably focused on family. Maybe we're not taking the best care of ourselves 
physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually that we could. And so we're not showing up as the best version of ourselves. And I think that's what you're describing. You say, hey, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, what the heck is wrong with this picture? Now, you mentioned that you found yourself rolling into things change at age 49. You've, you're rolling into this midlife period where you've got some marital discord in your life and you're overweight. How overweight are we talking? Are you 10 pounds overweight? I was about 70, 75 pounds overweight. Okay. So not an in, uh, insignificant amount of weight. And right. talk to me a little bit. I'm just curious, how how did you get there? Was this, I'm guessing this would just kind of be that slow creep. Well, hey, I've got a little, you know, got a little, <laughs> little bit, that spare tire here. And then next day I've got, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. Or was this a sudden weight gain? How do we end up 75 pounds overweight looking at 50? It, it's a subtle, slow thing. Looking back, I was living what I now refer to as the standard American lifestyle. And if everyone's living that standard American lifestyle, I guarantee they're going to be overweight. And we look around in our society today. You just go to the grocery store, go to the airport, go to the movie theater. You know, we are a very unhealthy nation at the moment as far as not even just obesity and overweight, it's, you know, our mental health and our, all of it. And so that's what I'm look back is my standard American lifestyle of, of eating the fast food, eating, you know, drinking my daily Dr. Pepper, sitting on the couch every night and watching TV, eating the bowl of ice cream right before I go to bed. These are all the normal things that, that we're told we're supposed to live our lives. That's standard American. And you, you do that, you're going to gain weight. That's just the bottom line. So that's what, got me to that. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. It took a lot of time. I was just living that life. Okay. So you and I are on, on similar tracks and I found myself, I was actually pretty active there for a while. A brother of mine had talked me into running a marathon with him and I, I had never run period. I mean, not in any, I hadn't done a 5k. I'd never really run. And I got introduced to marathoning. And then that led to more marathons, led to some triathlons. And at some point I just stopped cold turkey. I just quit doing that. And of course, I got away with living that standard American diet from a nutrition standpoint, right? I just ate, I just ate whatever, but I could because I was running all the time or biking or swimming. But I consider myself to be very, very healthy. And this odd thing happened. I still, like a year after I, I just went from being very active to very sedentary, I still thought of myself as a pretty healthy person, but I became very, very unhealthy because I was very sedentary. I was doing the things that you're talking about. I was eating this the fast food. I was drinking regularly. I was stressed out of my mind and it led to pretty drastic health results, as you might imagine, right? So I, I think that that's not uncommon, unfortunately, as people living that standard American life. It's what's kind of sold to us. It's what's expected to us. And we have, and at least this inevitability or this this thinking that unhealthy aging is inevitable. We have aches and pains. We lose muscle. We gain fat. We get these, just all of this that comes with aging. But I, I just think that that's not that uncommon that people end up in this very unhealthy place. Now, you mentioned we got Deuter in your life here. So you have this puppy and this what this puppy does basically is it it's a pattern interrupter, I suppose you could say. We're now, you're out going for a walk every day. Where do we go from there? Where does that lead? So three main things, looking, hindsight's a great thing. So looking back on what really happened is that on these walks, 
I purposely wouldn't take my phone with me for one thing. So I was spending a lot of quality time with myself and with Duder. So he and I would I'd talk to him, and he's a great listener, great therapist. So three things kind of came out of this is I was really exploring myself. And some of these conversations with myself were very hard. I mean, I was not happy. I was just mad at myself. Like, what is wrong with you? I was having these really negative conversations. But three main things kind of came out of this is when I became aware that something was wrong. Because sometimes, you know, when you're back in that state, you're not fully aware that, you know, hey, you're just waking up every day and you're just going through the motions. You're not really aware that maybe there's something I could be doing different. So I became aware that something was wrong. Okay. Just awareness was very powerful. And then I remember at some point along the either it was all of all of these thoughts and aha moments all came, I'll be honest, all came while I'm outside walking, physically moving. They didn't come when I'm sitting on a couch watching TV. They came when I'm outside walking. And so the next big thing was I made a choice. At some point it says, okay, I am going to do something different. At the moment, I had not a clue what I should be doing different. I just knew that I had to make a choice. I've got to do something different. My relationship is bad. My view of the world is bad. My job sucks. Everything, blah, blah, blah. I'm having full regrets of being a bad father to my kids and all this. And then the third thing was I really explored my why. What's my reason? Why do I want to do something different? What? Why can't I just be happy with what I've got and where I'm at? And so I really started to explore that. And my why has evolved over time. But I had to have a starting point. And it really came down to my family, my wife, my kids, and my grandkids. I have four grandkids at the moment. So... That became the powerful, powerful motivator. So why? So those three things are, are very important. Once I started to really explore all of that and started to really decide what to do, I made a choice. I have a why. What do I do? Now I start moving into this do phase. Okay, now what? What do I do? And so there's, there's three main things that had the biggest impact for me. One is just that daily walk, that physical motion. Walking is just going for a walk and spending time with yourself is is powerful in a lot of ways. You're outside, you're in nature. The the momentum of watching yourself physically move forward is very powerful. And then I even learned this was on a podcast I learned about a month ago is that you know there's now some studies coming out that walking and exercise can actually regenerate brain cells. So you can actually start, you know, building new brain cells just by doing this. So the walking thing. Then I realized that my inputs in my world were not good. So I canceled my satellite TV subscription. Just canceled it. I changed my environment, changed my inputs. Just cancel the thing because I realized that TV <laughs> between the Hollywood shows, between the news and the commercials they're trying to tell us how I'm supposed to live my life. And I decided I don't want you to tell me how to live my life. I'm going to make my own world. I'm going to create my own world. So that was a, a very powerful thing. And so changing inputs, canceling TV and bringing new inputs, I started reading books and listening to podcasts and listening to audiobooks. Total new set of inputs coming in, which then opens up your mind to all kinds of stuff. 
Absolutely love that. Okay, so we, you talk about this impact then, clearly walking, and that's one of the most underrated forms of exercise for those for any age, really, but specifically for those of us over 50. And that's just a foundational thing, right? That's a foundational practice for all the reasons you've described there. I love the idea of changing your inputs, changing your environment, and moving from that being told, being shown in this place of passivity, really, to choosing, actively choosing positive inputs. And this could be your environment from the people that you hang around with, from your peer group, right? Is that, are they lifting you up? Or are they holding you back? Or it could be the inputs from, I mean, certainly media in general, social media, television, all of these things can be these anchors around our neck that are dragging us down, right? So clearly you're having emotional, mental psychological changes here, right? You're having these revelations. You're making these changes. What is your body doing during this time? <laughs> well, it, I started walking when I was 49 and it really started taking effect when I'm 50. From 50 to 51 is where I spent most of my time in my, my myself, in my mind. I didn't have this grand vision. Oh, I got to lose weight. Yeah, I, I, I don't, it was a side effect thing over here, you know? Yeah, that'd be something kind of cool. But I had to start in my mind first. I had to get my perspectives correct. I had to do some things. So here's an example. In my book, my book is about how my dog saved my life. And as I was doing these walks from 50 to 51, I actually started a little blog because I was looking for these ideas from Duder. We'd go out on these walks and I'd have these ideas. And I started this blog. And one of them was this simple act of we'd go for a walk. And at one point, Duder and I are walking down this trail out on the dirt. And and I realized that, okay, he's a lot s smaller than me. So I actually cli I literally climbed down and started crawling along the same trail as Duder so that I could see what his perspective of the trail was. And that was a life lesson for me. So the lesson and I document this in the book, is what's my perspective of the world? You know, Duder and I are on the same trail, but he's seeing something very different than me. And so I realized that when I wake up in the morning and look at life, look at my job, look at my wife, look at who I am, my perspective of it can change. I can have a different, more optimistic, one of more hope, and so I started to incorporate that into my thought process. So that was one example of one of the lessons I learned from, from Duder. What I realized also is that when I was out on these hikes looking for these ideas for a blog, I was always looking for positive things. And so when you're out, look what you're looking for, you're going to find. In the past, I was always looking for the negative. Oh, I want to listen to news radio so I can hear what's going on in, in, in the news, in the politics and, you know, get that me fired up. But yeah, it's just, I just stay away from all that crap anymore because it's all negative. So I started looking for the positive. And so as a side effect of all of this, my mind, my perspective, I started changing some of my lifestyle things. As a side effect, I started losing weight. My diet changed. My perspective changed. My hope for the future changed. All of that changed. And so the weight loss was almost like a side effect. I didn't go into this to lose weight. I went into this to change my life. 
losing the weight was just a side effect of it all. And one thing I've, I have realized, and this comes back to me having some seizures in my early life, is that everyone has to have a different diet. The same diet doesn't work for everyone. Everyone's metabolism is different. And I lost the weight on a, a you know, if you want to call it something, it was a ketogenic diet. It was a very low carb. But what was most important for me was the high fat diet. Because that's one thing that I think we lose track of is that our health and nutrition, yes, it feeds our physical building, our muscles. But just as important, sometimes for me, even more important, is it feeds your brain and how your brain operates. If I want to have discipline, if I want to be hopeful, if I want to maintain my new perspective of the world, my brain needs to operate optimally. And for me, a high-fat, low-carb diet helped my brain. I mean, I literally, when I was losing the weight, felt this brain fog lift. And I just, man, my brain felt so much better, which then feeds into how my body felt. So after I lost a good chunk of the weight, that's where most of my physical activity started. I remember being out on the trail one day with Duder, and we were just hiking along, and I just started running. And I remember running for maybe 100, 200 yards. And I had this thought, you know, maybe I could do this. And so the running just became part of it. So the hiking just turned into running. And then it, the running just became longer and longer running. And I started, signed up for a half marathon. And I'm like, sweet, ran a half marathon. This is awesome. And I signed up for another half marathon. I started putting races on the calendar to just to keep me going. And at some point along the way, this running became symbolic for me. I set this goal. I'm going to run every day, no matter what. I live. I was living in Utah at the time, and we have cold winters, but I was still running. I have a pair of running shoes with spikes so that I could go run in the snow and the ice. But my brain was operating very good. I had lost a lot of the weight. I was feeling some momentum in life. I was maintaining this blog. I had this idea, well, I'm going to start turning this into a book. So I want to write a book. And so the running became this thing of, I'm just going to do it every day, no matter what. And it became symbolic of everything else that I wanted to do, which means publish a book. You know, my old self, there was no way I could publish a book. Who am I to publish a book? Mm. So the running then turned into half marathons and I decided, at some point, okay, I've, I've mastered the half. Let's let's run a marathon. So I put a few marathons on the calendar. I've run six of those so far, and I've now run two ultra marathons. So I so it I just kept wanting to challenge myself, and my body kept processing, kept was able to do it. So why not keep pushing myself? So I did a 55k, did a 60k, and in two months I'm doing a 50 miler. That will be the longest race that I've done. So that's what I'm running up to and leading up to is that 50 miler. So, but everything started in my head. I had to get my head straight first before any of this other stuff started to happen. Yeah, you you had a frame shift, as we say, right? You yes. just completely you completely turned things around. And I love how you started this story by talking about we get to choose our perspective. We get to choose our mindset. We get to choose what we what we 
I think, what did you say? You said we tend to find what we look for, right? And yeah. there was a time when you were, especially that the news cycle, and we've all just come through some here in the US, obviously, the pretty, we could say, tumultuous cultural and political times. We had the COVID and everything. And it was really easy to get sucked into that and that. 24 seven news cycle and, and have that just drain the life out of you, but severing that or stepping away from that, or at least putting that in a box, I will, you know, I'm going to consume this information here, but the rest of the time I'm not, I'm going to clean up my, my mind, my body. Absolutely love all of that. Now, the name of your book is dude and duder, how a dog saved my life. So we know who duder is. Who's dude? How did that come about? <laughs> when we first got Duder and he's a puppy and anyone that has owned a dog has experienced, you know, the first time that your dog looks at himself in a mirror. It's always mm. kind of a funny little exercise, right? So Duder saw himself in the mirror and he's like trying to sniff and figure out what the heck, who, what is this thing I'm seeing here? I, he, he couldn't process it, right? And it got me thinking. The life lesson I learned from that is when I looked in the mirror, who did I see? And I had to really come to grips with, okay, Jeff is the old person who's lived 50 years of his life this way. If you truly want to transform, it can't be a temporary thing. This has to be a I'm going to live a different life. I'm going to change all of my lifestyle habits and truly change who I am. And so in my head, dude became my alter ego. Dude is the guy that runs the 50 mile trail race in two months. Dude is the guy that had the discipline to lose the weight. Dude is the guy that had the, the humility to own his choices in the relationship with my wife so that, you know, I can't fix her, but I sure can fix myself. So dude became this alter ego and I have it written up on my board. What would dude do? And I ask myself that all the time, you know, don't ask myself, what would Jeff do? Because Jeff had a whole bunch of old habits, old thought patterns, old eating habits, all of it. That's not. So that's how dude came about is that he's, he's kind of that, he's that guy I want to be. That's that. He's the guy that I am at the moment. He's the guy that will continue to live this lifestyle. You know, people have always, there's all these trends of people that lose weight. They go into and they have the discipline enough to lose a bunch of weight, but how many of them always gain it right back? It, and and that's because they they go through a period of time of changing their habits, but they don't truly change their lifestyles. They don't change their lifestyle habits. And, if, if, and, and that's how you got to maintain it. There's a reason why I gained weight. It's because of the way I was living my life. So if I want to lose weight and keep it off, I have to change the way I was living my life. So that was very important. So that's how dude came about it. He's the guy that, that that's doing all this. So I absolutely love it. Yeah. So the dude is the alter ego. He's the guy that has taken on this transformation. That's who you've you've transformed into. And obviously I love the fact that you talk about, we can't just go on a diet and expect that to have lifelong results, right? We may drop 10, 15, 20, 50 pounds dieting, but that's by its very definition, it's something we do temporarily. It's an odious task and we have to have motivation and discipline and grit and willpower to get through it. And then when we're done, we're like, oh, thank God that horrible ordeal's over. Now I can go back to my life and we all know how that ends. Not, not so well, but viewing it in the way that you said, hey, Jeff, the old me, 
ended up here in midlife in this way because of his lifestyle, because of his choices. Dude, the new me who I've transformed into here after 50 has come to this epiphany that if I want permanent change, I have to change permanently. I have to yes. really make some fundamental changes. Absolutely love that. Can I can I so, add to that too, Kevin? Yeah, please do. One of the Absolutely. chapters in my book is that with with a dog and with Duder, we realized you know he responds and lives his life based on rewards and punishments. If I want him to behave a certain way, we reward him with a treat. We reward him with with a pet. If we don't want him to do something like pee in the house, then you have to incorporate some discipline there, right? And and that might include little things like turning my back on him. You turn your back on your dog. I mean, that that's kind of like a punishment. But what I realized, and even in the when I started exploring weight loss, in the weight loss world, there's it's it's a mess anyway. You you just mm -hmm. go out and start searching this. Holy crap, you know, hundred million different ways to do it. And ideas. But one idea that I always struggled with is there's a lot of diets out there that talk about, oh, you need to have a cheat day. And I struggled with that because I'm thinking, well, if I have a cheat day, then all I'm doing is planting this mindset that eating properly and healthily is a punishment and my cheat day is my reward. Mm. And that's backwards. What's my reward and punishment? Eating unhealthily should be my punishment so that big bowl of ice cream that I was typically eating at 10 o'clock at night, that should be a punishment. That shouldn't be a reward for anything. So I had to just fundamentally change how I thought about food. It, it's a reward and punishment type of a thing. And I even went as far as this. I was exploring things like if you talk to someone who's on a vegan diet, they're not on a vegan diet. They are vegan. Right. They're not on a vegetarian diet. They are vegetarian. So am I on a diet? The diet simply implies that this is a temporary thing. And so I actually created a new term for myself. I'm, I'm clean. I came up with my yeah. own term that I'm trying to eat clean food, non-processed food, no sugar. And, and so I am clean. I'm not on a clean diet. I am clean. So that, that's one way or technique I tried to use to get my mind, keep the discipline going. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. We wrap our identities around things. And certainly you gave a great example. You go ask a, a, a vegan if that's the way they eat or are they vegan? And typically that's that camp in particular is very passionate about, no, I am. This is my identity. It's more than yeah. how I choose to eat. It's who I am. It's a part of my identity. And I think that's all part of this transformation of this mindset shift that you've been, you keep coming back to, right? It's I identified as the old Jeff, this was my my thought process. This is who I was. That's how I identified. And as you've had this realization this, that you could be more, do more, become more, you've taken on this new identity. It's who you are. And I, I think that that is a critical part of long-term success for any health endeavor, right? Whether that's whether it's muscle gain, whether it's fat loss, a healthy composition, or just I want to be stronger, more confident, vital as I age. It's you know, accepting that mantle of this is who I am. This is how I behave. This is what a healthy person does. That's therefore, that's what I do. That's what I'm aspiring to become. And I think you would be the first to agree that this is a journey, right? You haven't arrived. You are, you're on the path. Is that fair? 
Oh, totally. And, and I've, yeah. I've realized that in a couple of ways. And another example from the book that I learned from Duder is we started going on backpacking trips. Once a year, he and I, just the two of us, would just go backpacking and go camp somewhere. Two of us sleeping in a tent together. It was fun. A couple of years ago, we hiked what's called King's Peak. It was the highest peak in Utah. And it was a, a three-day overnight packing trip. And as we're climbing up to the top of the mountain, that's what I realized is that I'm always going to be climbing. There's a, always a peak up there somewhere, but I'm never going to get to the top. I don't want to get to the top. It's about the climb. And what keeps me going is the fear can be a very powerful motivator. I was always scared that I can't keep climbing. I'm going to fall back down the mountain. And that became symbolic. If I'm falling back down the mountain, I'm going back into my old habits, my own thought patterns, and my own lifestyle. So I just have to keep climbing. It's about the climb up the mountain. Absolutely. So it is about the yeah. journey. And that sometimes sounds a little cliche, yeah. but man, it it absolutely is. And I'm loving it. I went on my four and a half mile run this morning, part of my journey. It was fantastic. I loved every moment of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. I'm just curious, where do you think you'd be right now if Duder never came into your life? and Because he, he'd seem to be that catalyst for change, that perspective shift. Where would you be right now if that hadn't happened in your life? I would be divorced. I know that. I would probably be an extra 50 pounds overweight, probably be living in a basement apartment somewhere. I could very easily be fired by now because I wouldn't have been working on my job as appropriate as I could. And I'd be financially broke and emotionally broke. That's how I would probably be. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, it, talk to us. How is how has this transformation then really changed the trajectory of your legacy? Because you're you're none of those things. You're I, I'm assuming you're not broke. You're you're not divorced. I would assume that this changed the relationship with your wife and your kids. And you had mentioned my why was my family. Talk to us a little bit about how does this change the trajectory of your future and the future of your of your family. As I'm going through this and really spending a lot of time with myself and the awareness part of this, what came up a lot is regrets. 50 years worth of regrets in my life. Oh, man, I sure wish I was a better dad. I sure wish I was a better grandpa. Why did I do this to my wife? You know, regrets was a, a powerful thing. And so I had to come to terms and grips with those regrets. And another motivating thing is fear of future regrets. So if I kept living how I am, I'm just going to keep building more and more regrets. If I don't do this, I'm going to build more and more. And so that fear of additional regrets in my life became a very motivating factor. And so my legacy as a father became one of my whys. How do I want my kids to remember me? If I was to die, how do I want them to re do I want them to remember me as this overweight guy that sat on the couch every night? Or do I want to have a different legacy? So legacy as a father became very powerful motivator for me. And what I learned is that I can talk and give advice to my kids all I want. But 
it doesn't matter. What matters is what they see me actually doing. So my kids have seen me make changes in my life. They visually see me lose the weight. They see me running. And I have seen that I have inspired them a little bit. Two of my daughters have both run marathons now. And just last week, my middle daughter completed her first sprint triathlon. So I've inspired them a little bit, right? To hopefully, you know, they're they're now seeing dad do some of this stuff. Maybe I can do some of it too. So that that fear of regret and what is my legacy for my kids became very powerful. And then that transfers over to my grandkids as well. I've got four grandkids. So I want them to see grandpa doing this. My grandpa's out running a marathon? What the heck? You know, if they can see grandpa doing that, then hopefully it's planting some seeds in their young lives of what's possible in their life. So that became a really, really part of my why is is that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think you're right. It, we can tell our children all we want, but what they really pick up is how we live our lives, the examples we set. And yep. when they see us making difficult choices, making, you know, challenging ourselves and, and attempting things, even in the possibility of failure, right? Cause it seems like, especially in younger minds, you know, failure is the worst thing that could happen. And it's not, it's, it's part of growing as part of learning and, to be bold enough to step outside of our comfort zone and to embrace that discomfort and to face fears, challenges, etc. It sounds like you've you've set those examples, and I, I agree. I, I think that that has multi generational impacts. It's not just you. It's not just your marriage and even your relationship with your you know your your daughters. It's I think it is. It has this ripple effect through future generations. So fantastic. I, I, I love that. Well, Jeff, as we're starting to wrap up here, what's next for you? I, I know you mentioned you got a, a 50 miler, but just in general, where do you see yourself going in say the next year or so? What's, what's on the horizon for you? I, I'm just going to keep going. If I can share another final story from my book is that sure. when Duder and I started running. I, I'm an early morning runner. And so during the, the fall and winter months, we'd run and it would be dark and we'd go out on the trails and I'd have to run with a headlamp on. And there were some runs. And I remember one in particular where it was really, there was no moon. So it was really dark outside. And all I could see was what was in front of me, where my headlamp was going, you know, just 20 feet in front of me and so forth. Duder's out running around in the dark. Who knows where he's at? But what I realized in that moment is that that's how I was living my life was just what's in front of me with that headlamp, what was behind me, what was above me, what was next to me, all of that. And so I had to change my, what I call my life headlamp. What's my view of the world, right? Why can't I open myself up to more possibilities? You know, and the idea is limiting beliefs. So I was limited to what I felt what was possible, right? And so there was no way my old past could have written a book or even conceived of doing some of these things I'm doing. But as I'm continuing to challenge myself, step, writing a book was step one. So one of my missions now in life is that I want to help that person I used to be. The problem is that that person I used to be, Kevin, is not listening to this podcast. Right. 
I'm 100% with you. We have the same, <laughs> we have that same problem. Yeah. So how do I reach that guy? So I'm yeah. exploring some advanced ways to do that. And my book is, I feel it's a very inspirational book. So maybe it's something that if you, if anyone's listening to this and they know someone that could be inspired by my story, maybe this is a book that they can you can put in their hands. It's an easy read. It's not this big, long, complicated self-help book. It's just an inspirational story of life lessons I learned from my dog. So I can reach them. I'm going to start doing some things like some men's groups, and I'm going to call it this Duders Challenge. I have Duders Challenge email newsletter that you can sign up for. And I'm an, I live in a small little town up in Idaho right now. So you know, let's start with my my local community. Let's start with, I'm going to start doing some walks on Sunday mornings with my local community. See if there's other midlife men that need to just go for a walk. Just for a 30-minute walk with a, another set of people that are in the same state as them. So I'm, trying to, I'm exploring some ideas of how to reach that person I used to be and have an effect in the community. Because most people, and there's so many men today... And, and women that are just living the standard American lifestyle, and it's not effective for them. I'm going to continue running. I'm actually exploring doing triathlons next year. I did yeah. a Tough Mudder race a few weeks ago. Right on. So that was a new yeah, experience. That was fun. Yeah. And so I'm, I still just want to keep going, challenge myself in every aspect of this. My wife is along with me on the journey. She's now has become a yoga instructor. She's very active in the mindfulness and yoga world. I'm going to go to a yoga class with her tonight that she's teaching. And so together, I really look at this, that it's, it's more than just my journey at the moment. It's our journey together because we're still together, you know, and, and, and how can we have an influence on the world? That's, that's what I'm exploring right now. I love every last bit of that. I love that you talk about, I want to reach the person I used to be. That's my personal mission as well. Yeah. I want to reach these people that just have this fatalistic view of aging, right? And that are sick and unhealthy and living that standard American lifestyle and say, hey, there's a better way. That How do you reach that audience without being that, you know, in my case, that annoying fit guy, right? It's always <laughs> talking about nutrition and exercise and I'm very hyper aware of, I have the, de you know, I'm a little, I've got a hyper anyway. I have, a, I have the just propensity of coming off that way, right? And so how do I tone that back so I can reach this new audience? And I love your angle, this angle of you got Duder, you got this book and it's just, Hey, here's, here's life lessons I learned from my dog. So let's, let's finish up here. You are obviously, you're a dog lover now. You've got, as speaking of future, I know that you are, you and I, before we started recording, talked about, you've got a new podcast you want to start and it's not about running. Talk, talk to us about what that's about. I have realized the power of dog. Duder has a massive influence in my life. And so I started exploring we all know that dogs play a role in our society from service dogs, emotional support dogs, with my background with seizures, seizure dogs, you know, that, that help with people with epilepsy and so forth, military dogs and police dogs and, and all this. And so I started doing some research into what's the role dogs play in the world. And there are studies out there of the emotional benefits of how they affect people's minds. And Deuter had that effect on me. So I want to explore that. So my podcast is going to be about the power of dog. 
and I want to have guests on. And there are organizations that train seizure dogs, that train emotional support dogs. There are organizations that put shelter dogs with veterans that have PTSD and the impact that can have. I want to interview these types of organizations and just bring this idea of the power of dog into the world because they can have an influence. So that's what the podcast is going to be about. I'm, I'm putting that together right now. I absolutely love it. As a dog lover myself, I think I told you I've got three dogs currently. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I, I, I have heard some interesting things. I, I think one of the most recent things I heard was there are dogs now that can be that are paired up with diabetics that can sense when insulin is low and alert. Just amazing, amazing things that that dogs can do. Just besides the loving companionship, you. Oh, exactly. And they can sense when a, someone with epilepsy has a seizure coming on. They can sense seizure. That. Yeah. Yeah. They it's sense amazing. it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It absolutely is. All right. Well, Jeff, how can people, obviously people can go out and get the book, Dude and Duder, How a Dog Saved My Life. I'll make sure I link to that in the show notes, but where do you want to send people for more information? The best place is, is probably my website and the website is dudeanddooter.com. So you know, the A-N-D in there, dude and duder.com. Mm -hmm. And I have, so you know, Instagram and trying to build out some social media following is one thing. I'm going to start putting some YouTube videos out there to tell some of these stories, to give people some ideas. And then I have a Duder's Challenge email newsletter. So I'd encourage people to sign up for that and they'll get a, and it comes from Duder. I've, I've trained Duder to send an email. So <laughs> right on. And, yeah. and he'll, he'll give you a, a weekly challenge of, of things to try. So Fantastic. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for taking the time coming on this show today and sharing your story with us. Like I said, I love a good transformation story. I think the work you're doing is fantastic. I just encourage you to keep it up and keep spreading that, keep spreading your message. Thank you, Kevin, for having me on. This has been, this has been fun. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at SilverEdgeFree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and you can find those over at SilverEdgeFitness.com slash 218. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. One is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to consider giving this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. And until next time, stay strong.